You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 277, for the week of the 14th of June 2017. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are Scotty, Adam, and Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Bandai SH Figure Arts Street Fighter Ryu action figure, the Bandai SH Figure Arts Super Saiyan Sun Gohan action figure, the Mezco 112 Collective Shazam action figure, and the NECA SDCC 2016 arcade-style Ninja Turtles. Well, hello, gentlemen. I feel like we've already been talking for half an hour. <laughs> How are we all? Uh, I'm delirious. In five, four, three. I wonder if our listeners know that for every five minutes of recording time, it's actually about ten minutes of actual, uh, you know, effort to <laughs> to create. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's just I'm um, trying to connect with Skype. And it's never the same person or the same issue. It's always a random thing. And tonight I'm the random thing because I'm in <laughs> Queensland and in a hotel and in a 4G black spot and all kinds of other horrible things. So, um, yeah, my apologies. And I always say to Mrs. Shake that, um, oh, yeah, it won't be long. You know, we're starting at this time and, you know, it should be fairly quick. And then three hours later, <laughs> I emerge out of my comic room and she's like, I thought you were going to be quick. It's like, yeah, but uh, she bit, uh, forget it. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Adam, I haven't talked to you in ages. How are you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Have been pretty busy at work lately and am fairly mentally fatigued. So <laughs> when the gibberish starts flowing, just go with it. How but will we not... know the difference? Um, <laughs> less dick jokes. Hey, you. <laughs> Just pointing. Yeah. It is. It is. Mr. Scotty, how's things? Hey, yeah, I'm good. Um, it's busy but happy. And um, the biggest news in the Scotty family is Miss 14 got her braces off today. Um, ah. Slash my... Yeah, so slash my investment. Um, <laughs> the... I hope that the um, orthodontists enjoy the new wing of their house that I paid for. Um, and uh, I'll be monitoring the success of this uh, greatly. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just as per normal. Every time I see my dentist, I mention how I didn't get the invite to the shareholders meeting. And uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a, a very well-presented Egyptian fellow, but he's got a very interesting sense of humor. And so he never... He never breaks a smile, and he just goes, oh, oh, as if oh, he's oh. thinking about it. Like, <laughs> it's like he's immediately in on the joke and laughs and, and you know, does that, you know, pistol thing at me and goes, yeah, good one. Uh, he yeah. always does that, oh. <laughs> like, you know, he genuinely thinks he hasn't sent me something, and uh, then I feel bad. Oh. <laughs> How does he walk? Uh, pretty normally, I think. 
Actually, he probably drives to work in a, uh, a Lamborghini Aventador. But, so, what about yeah. you, Mr. Eddie? I've been good. I've just been um, doing uh, a little bit of theatre work. I um, actually had to disappoint a friend of mine recently because uh, uh, he and I were talking and uh, me and him both sort of do uh, government work, whereas all our other friends are tradies and sparkies and um, carpenters. And he was saying, like, are you ever disappointed that uh, you can't build things with your hands and that? And uh, I sort of told him, like, you know when you come and see one of my theatre shows and there's all those sets and people are walking around on two levels and... Uh, that and he's like, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm the one who built those sets. Like I, <laughs> I did that, and he he sort of went into a very deep well. reflection <laughs> into himself. So that's um, I've been getting my sort of tradie hat on and putting on the flannel shirt and uh, building stage levels and painting screens and trying to work out a way for Juliet not to freeze to death during an actual death scene or even <laughs> having a shivering corpse there for the last act. But yeah. Feeling, feeling very uh, hands on and creative. Where's her commitment to her art? Come on. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Hmm. What, what about, about you, Mr. Ben? Uh, uh, I have been cataloging comic books. Yay. I, As you do. Yes, for, for those people who have been on the Action Figure Blues forum long enough, they'll remember that before I made my one and only uh, journey to the San Diego Comic-Con back in 2011, uh, I did a massive uh, cataloging of all my comics. I basically pulled everything out into the family room and spread it everywhere and got it all catalogued into software. Uh, And I was so scarred from that event that uh, in the six years subsequent to that, I've just been reading comics and putting them in big piles. And so I finally got to that point where I said enough's enough. And uh, over oh, probably the last oh, probably the last dozen weekends or so, I've been trying to commit uh, a few hours to starting off with the piles and just going Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, uh, miscellaneous, and then going, okay, I've got all the, the DC. Now it's time to put all the Batmans in one pile and all the Wonder Woman's in another pile. And then when I finish that, it's like, okay, now I've got to get the Batman and put them in numerical order. Uh, and then my 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 hatred for Marvel and their their relaunching titles grew continuously because you go oh look it's Wolverine number four uh, of which series you know is that uh... so anyway I finally finished last weekend so I can put it off for another five years. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, things have actually gotten so bad at Marvel that uh, if you have their digital e-reader, they released a roadmap basically of which series happens in which order um, so that if you want to you can ah, okay. see which uh, Avengers number one it is and in what reading order it is to the seven other number ones that uh, were released over mm. the last two or three years yes Good yes yeah I also realized that I'm a quitter uh, the the sheer number of series that I have where I'd get to issue 10 or 11 and just go yeah I'm just not enjoying this uh, and so I drop it from my order, and then it gets cancelled with issue 17. Yeah. And so I have an incomplete run, <laughs> and that just happens uh, again and again. And, of course, then the OCD comes out in me, and it's like, eh, should I track down those half a dozen I was going to say, this issues? is actually just shattering my mental image of you. Um, I know. You know, all this, like, I, I think we need the intervention. Um, you know, I just, I, just I, I feel like I want to complete it, but I just don't want to pay... 
you know, so it's the sort of thing I look for at comic cons. Mm. I, I sort of hunt through trying to find those cheap issues to fill in the the holes. But uh, there's there's way more than I thought. I, I, I am a quitter, apparently. So I'm a quitter. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I'm a quitter. Take, the thing I take from that is that Ben's a leading indicator, and we should actually find out what titles he's dropping and start a betting market based on that, to, so that we can yeah get a good bet going. Yeah, well, so I remember five issues <laughs> after you drop something, yeah. um, it's gone. In- did you drop the Trump presidency? <laughs> oh, so much for not making those. Yeah, once again, we're not allowed to do it, but Scotty. <laughs> no, no, they wanted to do Cafefe jokes. That you know, it's like that ship has sailed. It's not you know. We're just not hip. We're just, we're just, we should be yeah. releasing a podcast every day so we can yeah. stay on top of this stuff. Yeah, all, I really should. All I'm picturing yeah. in my head is that... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, all I'm picturing in my head is that Simpsons episode where Bart's on Conan O'Brien and Conan's saying, only I may dance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are being mean to me. We've, we've missed you. we got to pick up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Eddie's used to talking to himself. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's I'm right. yep. sort of half convinced I still am, and you're just all figments of my imagination. <laughs> well, you know something that we are definitely not quitters at, and that is podcasting, because we're maintaining our weekly uh, efforts. We're going to be, oh my gosh, we're going to be at episode 300 soon. Surely, yeah. surely we'll get a letter from the Queen or something. Right. Surely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but maybe we should get on with this one and do some we probably reviewing. Should. Indeed, yeah. we do. So we'll be back right after this. Well, it's a short break. Keep moving! Well, tonight we have not one, two, or three, but four Toys of the Week for you. And Ben, in his own words, is inadvertently first. Um, <laughs> so, Ben, over to you for your inadvertently first review. Well, thank you very much, Scotty. And uh, I clearly don't collect enough stuff, so uh, I decided to go out and find <laughs> a, a whole new line to collect. Um, I never completed a full line of the Soda Street Fighter figures, uh, and given their uh, their value on the secondary market, I don't intend to. So along came uh, Street Fighter Ryu, or Ryu, uh, from Bandai's SH Figure Arts line, the first figure in a new series. And like a sucker from Suckersville, uh, I was in, and I decided uh, to, to give this guy a go and managed to get him for a very good price. Um, what's, uh, what's really pleasing me is they're actually pacing the release of these figures quite well. So uh, as I picked this guy up, it's a 2017 release. Uh, I picked him up a few weeks ago, so 2017 acquisition. Now, uh, it's a six-inch scale action figure, and, uh, you know, I had some reservations just looking at some of the pictures online that people were posting, but actually getting him in hand, uh, I was very pleased to find that he scales extremely well with other six-inch action figures. So he's about uh, six and one-eighth inches tall, which is about 15 and a half centimetres, and he scales beautifully next to some of my Marvel Legends like Iron Fist. So uh, Ryu is nice. only a little fella. Uh, he's only five foot nine, and I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure uh, John would be saying, well, you know, that's a giant. Um, <laughs> bless, bless you, John. I know you're out there. Uh, so, um, given Somewhere, the, the, but hard to see. 
That's right. Given that Ray is not a particularly big guy, I was uh, I was hoping that that would actually you know be accommodated in the scale, and it is. So I'm I'm really really pleased uh, that he does scale in well with um with other six inch figures. So this guy I'll set you back about fifty US dollars. Look around, you can find some pretty good deals out there. Now in terms of packaging, uh that's pretty much what you'd expect if you are even remotely familiar with uh, the Bundai figure arts line. So we've got that window box which uh has uh, the the window on the top and the window on the front, nothing on the sides. Uh it's pretty obvious straight away who you're looking at. There's some really nice graphics on the front. There's the Street Fighter logo as well. And then the box is essentially full flooded with other uh, Ryu Street Fighter kind of stuff. There's some um, images on the side that have been painted, uh, images of the actual figure. Got some really cool pictures in the back. And what I do like is um, there's a lot of stuff on the back of the box showing the different ways that you can actually pose him. Uh, Nothing there about um, other figures coming. There's a a subtle um, shot of Chun-Li, so she's the the next figure in the line. Um, What I actually find really interesting about these figure arts boxes is... Despite the popularity in the Western market, the box is almost entirely in uh, Chinese text. So whether that's Cantonese or or whatever it is, I don't know. Um, But there's very, very little English anywhere on the box. And so I thought that by now they might have kind of, you know, uh, started to accommodate that Western audience a bit more by uh, including a little bit. Um, So, look, you know, down the bottom of the box, there's a whole bunch of text that I can't read. So I have absolutely no idea if they're giving credit to uh, a sculptor or or anything like that. So it's... um, yeah, a bit, uh, bit unusual like that. So anyway, get the box open. Comes, uh, comes open nice and easy um, from uh, the side, and the tray slides out. Now, what I really like about this particular tray is I've complained in the past about those trays that have the the cover that goes over the top, so that you have to sort of peel off, and and how difficult they can be to to get off. This is one of those ones where you have the bottom tray, but then you, you effectively have just a sheet of plastic that clips in. Uh, on the top and holds everything in place and so most of the accessories actually sit in nice and loose they're actually not held in uh, by any kind of um, pressure they just sort of sit in their respective compartments but that flat um, thing that sits on top is really good so there's none of that business that i think you know i remember eddie describing one day where he sort of accidentally flexed one of his trays and uh you know accessories went in every direction um, this is actually really good you just you, you you unclick that top layer and then the accessories come out really easily so really really so impressed not, with that they're not pre-lost they're not they're not so um you do have to be careful because if you do take that top cover off and then accidentally sort of tip or bump it then everything goes everywhere so you know there are pros and cons all right so moving past it yes it's collector friendly very collector friendly i'm actually quite impressed at just how easy it is to get all the bits and pieces out and then get them back again get this guy back into the box if you wanted to store him for moving uh now in terms of the sculpt um really uh nothing to complain about in this area it's uh, it's good fun it's you know it's very obvious who this guy is if you've got even uh a passing you know knowledge of street fighter it's it's rayu it's, he's in his white gi uh uniform with you know the uh the uh, you know, the ripped sleeves and the ripped cuffs around the bottom of his pants. Um, 
he uh, what's really cool about the gi is when you look at it, sort of the, the, the top part of his uniform, uh, is at first it just sort of looks like, you know, okay, it's uh, a gi and, you know, that's about it. But uh, as you get a bit closer, you notice that they have actually sculpted texture into that material so it does actually look like it's made of some kind of material some sort of kind of you know cotton or you know even like a hessian type appearance with those tiny tiny little um you know engraving into it which is really really kind of cool because otherwise it'd be a bit boring they haven't actually extended that to his pants it's just the top um but it's really good and it provides some really good contrast between the top and bottom parts of his clothing um rest of the sculpt is pretty good the belt looks good it's got some nice grooves in it um not a lot really going on there the um you've got that kind of slightly cartoonish feel with the oversized feet and hands but it actually goes in well with the styling that you'd expect with a street fighter figure uh he does actually come with three interchangeable uh is it a head i think it's a head but it's the hair that actually gets swapped over so i guess it's yeah well you know he's got you can't you can't say faces and you can't say heads because the head would include the hair so He's got three heads oh, minus hair. So he's got he's got a set of hair, one set of hair, and three different heads. So uh, each oh. of the heads is actually sculpted really well. There's some nice sort of detail. They haven't gone overboard, but, the, you know, the ears look like ears, which is really good. So uh, all the basics are there. The musculature is quite good. You know, you've got some toenails on, on the end. So they haven't sort of skimped out on anything like that. Um, so really, you know, quite happy with uh, the sculpt. No complaints in that department. So moving on. On we are going to talk about paint, and you know there's actually not a lot going on here. When you're wearing uh, a white uniform, you know as you'd expect, there's uh, not a huge uh, amount of colour going on. What they have done though uh, is sculpt the figure in sort of the white or even a slightly. It's no, this is one of those kind of off-white. I don't know whether you call it stucco or uh, whatever, but it's it's clearly a sort of a light grey off-white colour. And then they've used some subtle shading over the top just to sort of add some contrast to that, which is really good. Not much more you could do here so i can't really complain about that uh, i think where the the paint does stand out is on things like the gloves they've used a, a sort of a nice glossy um red there which contrasts to the matte color of the uniform which is actually quite good the gray of the belt is quite clever as well um the, the belt is actually articulated which is really weird the little knot at the front that joins um the you know the hanging parts of the belt to the part going around his waist has some little articulation so you can actually move that in different directions uh but then you've got things like some writing on the gloves as well and it's all done quite nicely um his eyebrows which are sculpted onto his headband uh, are actually feathered really, really nicely. You you could actually expect to be some slop there, which there's not. So in the paint department, everything looks really good. The eyes, which is a, sort of some tempos, have been done really well. We don't have any Marty Feldman stuff going on. So, yeah, look, I, I really can't complain. You know, if, if anything, there could probably be a, a little bit more shading done on things like his feet which have been cast in the flesh colored plastic and then you know there's a few highlights here and there just to sort of differentiate it but probably you know a little bit more wouldn't have uh, have hurt so um yeah pretty good in the paint department i have to say all right moving on to articulation uh, i actually didn't count them uh he has some some weird articulations so i started counting them and then got myself confused so uh if you're desperate to know i think you could probably google it but um, all your usual options are there. Uh, what I do like about this figure and you know, giving Bandai some credit is he has, um, well, he, I don't know, maybe Adam can help me out here. So he has a ball-jointed um, 
neck so where the head pops onto the top of the neck we have a ball joint which has a really really good range of motion you can really get that chin down onto the chest and then you can really sort of tip that head back and get him sort of looking up um, quite well but then the bottom of the neck which goes into the the torso also has articulation so if you didn't move his head at all you can still actually push the neck backwards and forwards and even move it left or right so what it does is it adds uh, an even greater range of articulation to that head being able to sort of really dig that uh, chin into the the chest which is you know something that's actually quite important when you're doing martial arts so that's actually quite clever uh, i don't actually have too many uh figure arts figures that are sort of humanoid so uh, I, you know i actually found myself playing with that particular joint quite a bit just to see what i could get it to do and it's really quite clever um double jointed uh, elbows as you would expect only uh, something i found really interesting with the double jointed elbows is it also includes a swivel joint so not only can i use that double jointed elbow to bring that fist in really close to the shoulder which is quite clever but then i've got that horizontal movement as well now normally i'm not a big fan of this at all as i've said in the past i really don't understand why they do cut joints in the elbow because then you're swinging the forearm out without moving the bicep uh, so it's a little bit awkward. Uh, in addition to that, we have the kind of butterfly joints in the shoulder, which give us a really good range of movement. It means we can really bring that arm around in front of the chest, which is quite clever. Uh, it's also nicely hidden by his uniform, so uh, we can actually get some really cool poses in there without it actually looking really, really awkward in terms of showing up that joint. Um, usual sorts of things. We've got a, uh, a uh, we've got a pin and disc in the knees and. Uh, Scotty, I know you don't like uh, articulated toes, but he does actually have articulated toes, and they're actually quite Ew. discreet. No, we actually have a a pin uh, going through in in you know it's just a pin and disc type situation, but they're actually really subtle in the way they're done. I'm actually quite a fan of, of how they've managed to achieve this. Um, so look, you know, the, we've got the usual sorts of joints as you'd expect in the hips, etc. So it's it's all pretty good. Uh, now, hmm. I'm sounding pretty uh, pretty positive on this figure up until this particular point, and, and I'm going to start to sort of, uh, you know, creep in some criticism here. And that is that, well, what's actually missing, and I'm really disappointed that this figure doesn't have it, is he's missing that joint that would normally be at the bottom of the shoulder but above the bicep. Now, you know, all Marvel Legends figures tend to have them if you have a look at your iron fist figure or even a dc universe classics figure you've got that joint uh, between the bicep and the shoulder which allows you to swivel the arm uh, a little bit now they've obviously decided to go without that joint in favor of the cut joint in the elbow but what it means is when i try to put ryu into a standard sort of fighting pose like as if he was you know getting ready to fight so he has uh, say he's sort of looking off to his side he's got his you know fist up um, ready for combat it means that his bicep is in a really awkward position it should actually be sort of facing almost straight up or slightly off off center but instead it's actually twisted right around uh, to the side you know almost like you know perpendicular to where it should be and that's all because you can't swivel that arm so aesthetically it really throws it off quite a bit and it's uh, it's quite disappointing because obviously that cut joint in the elbow still gives you that that leverage to 
achieve this particular pose, but what it does is ruin the aesthetics for me. So it's really disappointing, and I find it quite awkward that at this price point they've chosen to uh, uh, you know omit what what is effectively a really basic joint. So it's a bit disappointing. Uh, the other thing that was uh, a little annoying too was the range of movement in you know laterally in the hips. So if I've got my Rayu figure standing and relaxed, and I decide to lift his leg up. Well, you know, cocking his leg, so to speak. Um, I can't sort of get like a full 90 degrees out of that leg. To a certain extent, um, his uniform starts to get in the way. And I think the way they've sculpted the upper legs, because they're, they're quite thick um, with the way they've done his trousers, uh, it's really restricting, you know, just how much I can get that leg up into the air. So if I want to do sort of a head high kick pose, you know, against an opponent, I'm really struggling to get that leg up to that head high without his torso tipping right down. So, um, yeah, a little bit disappointing in the range of movement uh, in that, that hip joint, even though, you know, looking at it, it's quite a complex-looking joint compared to, say, what a Marvel Legends figure has. So, yeah, that's a, a bit disappointing. So um, what we do have is the Vonner ankles. So we've got some good ankle rockers there. So he does actually stand very, very firmly, which is really, really nice for posing. I've uh, got some ball-jointed wrists, which is really cool, and, you know, they are actually removable. So moving on, speaking of which, we do get some pretty cool accessories, and that's where these figures stand out. Uh, I was actually a bit disappointed when I saw that he only comes with the four hands. Uh, I think I'm I'm just used to these kind of figures coming with you know maybe I'm, I'm spoiled by hot toys but i'm used to my you know 26 different hands um so i was a little bit surprised to find he only comes with four uh he comes with fists uh, obviously for left and right and then he comes with um i guess what you call tiger palms it's where he's got his hand open but his fingers are actually curled around and, and that is for actually using his um his Hadouken energy attack. Um, they do look good on their own if you're not actually doing that and you've just got the hands sort of open in a, in a fighting pose. Um, they actually uh, pull off and you can swap those over quite easily. Not a problem there. And the little holes where the fists... Um, sorry, where the hands go, uh, they hold both hands uh, equally well, which is something that actually Hot Toys don't do particularly well with things like their Predators. Um, you also get uh, what is... I said you get the three heads, so we actually get... Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think Ryu is a particularly happy chap. Uh, he gets the, uh, the grim-looking face, he gets a grim-showing-teeth face, and then he gets the grim-yelling uh, face so uh, it would have been nice to get a, a more relaxed pose face out of that but you know hey you get grim grimmer and grimmest uh, in this particular case uh, heads come off really easily pop on a new head without any problems the joints work quite well and as i said it's the hair piece that's actually separate so um, you take the hair off you remove the head then you pop a new head on and then put the hair back on top so there's a nice little joint there uh, the back of his bandana is actually his headband is actually uh, or his Hachimaki is actually separate. There's a little peg hole on the back of his head where you actually plug that in, so that comes in the packaging separately. And then we actually get to the coolest uh, accessory of all, and that is the energy ball. Uh, 
So uh, Ryu's special power is his Hadouken, which he yells when he does it, and that's the big blue uh, energy ball, and it comes with its own stand. There's a little peg hole there that you can actually plug into the bottom. Um, so for getting some sort of cool uh, sort of diorama-type poses going on. So really good. Uh, I'm really quite impressed with this figure. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. There are, you know, There's a couple of downsides to it, but it's actually considerably better than um, I was actually hoping for. Like I, I had sort of my expectations high. It's actually been met, which is really good, particularly the scale. That was the number one thing that I was concerned about, uh, and all that was put to rest. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting more figures in this line. Uh, I do have Chun-Li and uh, Cammy on pre-order, so I'll be talking about those in the future. So, um, yeah, here's to uh, a successful line from Bandai. I hope they manage to get through uh, the full roster. So I think I'm going to give this guy 9 out of 10 dollies. Nice. I, I was very tempted by this just because I like trying out new lines, etc., and I just had to, you know, stop myself. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Having just been to yeah. the U.S. and seen all of the stuff that is still going to be left in my parents' house when they're both gone <laughs> that my sister and I are going to have to get rid of, I'm starting to go into a purge phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have bought this. <laughs> Well, look, you know, I've been doing uh, a lot of the same sorts of things that you've been doing too, Scotty. I've been looking at the stuff I've collected over the years um, and once again, you know, uh, demonstrating my ability to quit uh, fairly easy. I was looking at the DC Direct 13-inch figures, uh, which, you know, had a pretty hefty price point uh, and I never collected the, the full series. Um, you know, I got quite a few of them, but I also missed out on a few that uh, that I wanted to get, but because of, um, you know, restrictions and being able to get these for a, a decent price, yeah, I never got people like Sergeant Rock. Um, so, you know, I sat down and I thought about it and I thought, you know, it's probably time to move those on in, in favour of something else. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a great way to justify it. Yeah, good. Mm. Very good. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much for that, Ben. We've got uh, three more exciting reviews ahead, so we'll take a short break and we'll come back with the next one. By the power of Grayskull. Well, we are moving on with our second toy of the week and we want to keep the figure arts rhythm happening, so I'm going to hand over to Adam and he's going to tell us all about his new acquisition. Thank you, Ben. So I'm looking at the SH Figure Arts Super Saiyan Son Gohan. Um, for those that have listened along or are interested in Dragon Ball Z figure arts, this is the third release of a Gohan um, from Cell Saga. The first one was the original version. The second one was a premium colours, I think, of the same. The third one is the new version, which is on the new um, body style, and it's uh, battle-damaged Gohan. So, kick off. This is a 2017 release, an acquisition for me. It is an action figure, um, and it goes for about $50 US, which is where the problem starts. So, mm. the old figure went for $36 at first release and came with just an absolute buttload more features in it. Um, yes, it was the old body, but it came with uh, a swap-out non-Super Saiyan hairstyle um, and portraits to go with it. It had, I believe, more hands. It also had the um, Piccolo school cape and shoulder pads. So that's the first knock against this figure. Um, the packaging is... Pretty standard for a, a Dragon Ball Z figure arts. It's the window box with the, the peak window on the top and side. It's got the um, picture of the figure on the front in colour on black and white. Some posing suggestions on the back. And as, Jen, uh, as Ben points out 
with his um, Ryu a whole bunch of um, Japanese text so you can't really understand what's going on in a lot of places. Uh, suffice to say, some of that is um, warnings, which are probably all about not swallowing things and whatever, so I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> I also suspect that that's repeated in the box directly below that says, Caution, for ages 15 and up, please handle with care and store out of the reach of children younger than 15 years old, etc., etc., etc. So I'm not too concerned about not being able to read all the Japanese on it. The figure itself um, is interesting in a number of ways. So unlike Ben's Ryu, I do have a shoulder cut on this. Um, also, unlike Ben's Ryu, I do not have a mid-elbow cut. So it's just a, sim- a simple double-jointed elbow um, made up for with a, a shoulder bicep cut, which works fine for me. Um, it does have the double-jointed or the segmented neck, um, as does Ben's Ryu, which... For those that haven't collected figure arts, that was not the norm when they started. Um, they used to just have the ball-jointed head and the neck was something that's that's happened along the way, which is pretty cool. Um, it has the double-jointed, so the, um, as Ben calls it, butterfly shoulder joint. So there's a the joint inside the actual shoulder and then there's a joint inside the chest So that you, um, with articulation at both ends, so you get extra articulation. It has the, um, the waist articulation and some level of I'm not sure what we call this on a on a figure art. It's not really an ab crunch, but it's the the top of the abs meets chest. There's another join there. Um, that's one of the places where you start to notice some of the the issues with the paint on this figure. For mine, um, it's clear that the torso is sculpted in purple paint with flesh tone painted over. So he looks like he's a bit greyish um, in the torso compared to the flesh tone plastic on his neck, face, and arms that are directly next to it. So, I don't know, maybe he's feeling unwell, maybe he's turning into a zombie, maybe he's partly a corpse. Um, <laughs> hard to tell. On the back of the figure, there's, um, because it's cast in purple plastic, there's a bit where the flesh, like just along the edge of the, the torn fabric meeting um, flesh, there's a little bit where the flesh paint has not been applied thickly enough, but if it was that versus a flesh-coloured streak on his actual fabric, I'm not too concerned. Um as we move down and away from the torso, in very yoga-like tones, um, we see that the, the belt on this figure is not just a simple sash belt. It also has um, some drapery for shredded, uh, the shredding of his, his top or the top half of his gi hanging over the belt, and that's cast onto the belt. He has the new and improved nappy hips, same as Ben's Ryu. So this is the um, super-segmented hip that, while it may restrict range of motion slightly, um, I think it's better than the old hip which was just a straight ball jointed hip which had issues in terms of its range of motion as well but also had that the the leg was far more likely to come off of the the torso the the nappy hip <laughs> since we haven't really discussed it in detail <laughs> nappy, um, hip. <laughs> nappy hip so it starts off as there's a there's a segment that attaches to the torso then there's another segment inside that that connects to that segment and to the um the upper thigh of the leg and those two segments do the rotating upwards. The middle segment there um, has essentially an articulation. It looks like it's some kind of disc situation where it rotates out, does the outwards rotation. So, yes, it restricts movement a little bit, but if you actually look at it, it also looks pretty funny if you try and separate the legs as far as possible because instead of it just being like a, a bulging coronal region with, with legs separating from it, it actually has like this disc part that looks out, um, which is a bit odd. But can I just say that that Adam has just described this, uh, you know, this articulation point 
better than any way that I could have, even with the use of bulging, uh, you know, groinal <laughs> something or other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this masterpiece of engineering that didn't need to happen. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of think it's cool in a way. Some groinal engineering. Yeah, exactly right. It looks a bit shit. Um, but on some figures, it looks really good, right? So if, if you don't have, like, sculpted pants, it kind of looks a lot better than when you have sculpted pants. But Yeah. Well, Reuse Guy covers his, so it's uh, you, know, you actually don't see much of the, that sort of hip articulation at all, the way it's covered, so that's good. Yeah. I kind of had to – the only way I worked out that he had it was looking at um, a butt shot from him. So mm-hmm. it's done a fantastic job there. Um, on this figure, as we look at the knees, they're just, again, simple double-jointed knees. But again, we have the issue where the the main plastic is purple and the knees are painted on. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with the actual knee joint itself. So, I mean, there's some exposed flesh around the knee because pants get ripped around your knees like that. Um, Because one of the knees is clearly all pink plastic. But the other one, the front looks visibly the same as the pink plastic on the other knee, but the back is purple plastic. So I'm confused, and I will remain that way till the day I die, but that's that's just life. <laughs> um, the feet are just kind of the, the brown ninja shoes that Gohan and Piccolo like wearing. Um, they, too, have the articulated toe piece, which has become something I expect from a, a figure art for Dragon Ball Z. Um, like Ben's, it is a pin. Like all figure arts from the last few years, that is not a plastic pin, it is a metal pin, which is something that, that you know, just wounds me deeply. I much prefer to run as a plastic pin, although I suspect that they changed that from a point of view of um, quality control and, and number of failures. Um, so that's the basic Ooh, figure. toe articulation. No, it's fantastic. You kind of need it for martial arts figures to get decent grip out of them. <laughs> okay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we look at uh, some more of the paint issues, there are a couple. Um, it's really all around that, that flesh meets clothing um there's a couple of issues where there's a bit of paint slop off of the blue wristbands onto the, the flesh underneath. Um, I think earlier version or earlier figures didn't have that because the wristbands were sculpted separately and they were essentially just like the belt that they slid on and they came off and got lost when you took hands off, but that was the risk you took. Um, the other thing to note with this is it's the first time in quite some time that they've actually put it, bothered putting shading on clothing. So... Through the, the crotch and uh, inner thigh of the pants has actually got a bit of a wash on it, which is nice. Um, we've talked about the paint issues on the torso. Um, and as with all the Super Saiyan figures, there is actually a wash and some, some colour grading on the hair, which is kind of necessary. Otherwise, it just like looks like base yellow plastic and doesn't really capture the Super Saiyan look at all. Um, the portraits are all fine. So my accessories for this. You get... The Super Saiyan 2 head, which is what's fitted by default. So for those that have the pictures and don't know what I'm talking about, this is the one where the hair is basically all standing up um, in one straight pack and he's got, you know, the one single uh, four-locky bang type thing hanging down. The other alternate head is um, the plain Super Saiyan where it looks a bit like a a yellow Astro Boy head, um, which is just essentially the standard at that era Gohan haircut but turned yellow um in terms of portraits there are five there's the the kind of deadpan looking straight ahead and very uh, serious and stern there's a similar one where he's looking up and to the right um there's the same eye line but with gritted gritted teeth 
Um, there's looking slightly to the left with open mouth kind of yelling. And there's the I'm in pain, someone has broken my arm, open mouth screaming and eyes shut tight face. <laughs> so those are your choices. So what, what's the deal with the, the eyes closed then? Is, is it a ouch, uh, I stubbed my toe, or is it meant to be reflective of something else? Yeah, so it would be, I've just had my ass handed to me, I'm in severe pain, which happens a couple times with Gohan during the fight that this is from. Mm, mm, okay. Yep. Um, in terms of hands, he comes equipped with punchy hands. He also has um, slappy hands. They're not a kung fu grip. They are a, an open palm slap kind of hand. Uh, he has splayed fingers, key blast hand, and he has um, kind of, you call them grip hands or kamehameha hands, so for doing his um, his blast attack. So there's a range of hands. It's not the widest variety of hands we've ever had. Um, I can't remember what was all in the previous version in terms of range of hands. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a bit going on there. Um, the other thing I've forgotten to mention on the... The sculpt, um, yes, he has an exposed nipple. So for nipple aficionados, you get a nipple. Um, and this figure actually seems slightly shorter and slightly leaner than the previous version. Um, I'm not too concerned about the leaner side of things. I think that's probably fair. But the shorter doesn't make a lot of sense if they, were, if they thought they had the scale right the first time. Um, and that may also be me in the way that the joints have expanded, etc. at the moment. But um, it's, it's interesting. Is the nipple articulated? It is not. Oh, that's disappointing. Mm. Yeah. Articulated nipples would be an excellent feature on a figure. But, Absolutely. Um, what? I think we're getting into a whole other genre <laughs> of content when we get to go to those. We have to look for some. We'll, we'll save that for our adults-only 300th episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll have um, articulated nipples and bulging groinal regions. Bulging groinal regions. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Look, it's in the overall rating, it's a, a fine figure. Um, if you do not have the previous two Gohans, they probably go for crazy prices on um, the Ebays by now. Uh, if you already have them, the reason that you're getting this one is either to be a completionist or because you want to battle damage Gohan. Um, otherwise, I think you're probably wasting your $50 compared to the previous $36 that you've invested for something that was a much more complete um, figure much more interchangeable figure and, and variable figure. So I think on the price point alone, i probably give this at best an 8 out of 10. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very good. Fair very enough. Make yes. me glad I'm I got the my... first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I'm working my way backwards through uh, through Dragon Ball and I'm skipping the, the Super Saiyans at the moment, so I'll probably come to regret that. But it is nice that we are yeah. actually getting you know new and different versions so that... Uh, you know, as Adam said, if you did miss out on one of the earlier ones that goes for you know stupendous amounts of money on the secondary market, there are actually alternatives. So very, mm. Mm. very good. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Adam. And uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be up with Toy of the Week number three. The last ever Dolphin message was misinterpreted as a surprisingly sophisticated attempt to do a double backward somersault through a hoop while whistling the star-spangled banner. But in fact, the message was this. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Well, thank you for joining us after that short break. We are back for Toy of the Week number three. Mr. Scotty is stepping into the DC realms, and he is taking it away. 
I'm taking it away with the latest release from Mezco's, uh, I think, very awesome 112 collective line. <laughs> this is the 112 scale uh, figures with the high level of articulation and fabric costumes, etc. Um, one of the things I'm loving about this line is that uh, it's kind of all over the place in terms of properties and uh, characters like Shazam getting done in this line is stuff that makes me really excited because, I mean, you know, everyone's got a Batman, everyone's got a, um, you know, a, a, a Joker, but to get Shazam is, like, super cool. And so I've skipped over a few other releases in this um, line because there are just so many um, to kind of try and review the latest one. Um, so in terms of packaging, this is the, uh, I would say, you know, now standard box with the um, little opening cover. Um, some of the very early ones, well, it's kind of inconsistent. There's a plastic cover for some of them that is a hard plastic cover that's got stuff printed on it. And then others have a paper cover um, with stuff printed on it. And this is a paper cover one. So um, go figure. Uh, but it's got the kind of illustration on the front and um, pictures of the figure and bits and pieces on the back. And then when you open it up, there is a flap. Oh, that was Shazam falling over. Um, there, there was a there's a flap and then a window box. And underneath that, when you take it out, there are uh, two trays um, with a cover on it. The top tray has got the figure, the base, the accessories, and then the bottom tray has got the flight stand, um, which on this one may actually get some use. Uh, and then, of course, the ever-useful... Sorry, this is me making the noises. Um, the ever-useful, I don't know why we get this, but we do, 112 Collective Plastic Bag. Um, that comes with every figure. <laughs> is this I, supposedly I, to put the accessories in if you're not putting them all back in their little spaces? You can just dump them in the equivalent of a Ziploc bag or something? Uh, you know, possibly, and I think that, you know, if uh, I think there's lots of lines like Marvel Legends, etc., that that would be a fantastic thing to come with because you don't keep the box and if you're going to, you know, take it all apart. Um, I just, I think, and God bless them for continuing to do this, um, but it seems awfully redundant to me. Um, the base has got the Shazam lightning bolt on it, um, and uh, it's good fun. Um, so, in terms of the figure itself, um, it is a six-inch figure, obviously. Um, the According to Mezco, it is a new 112 body. Um, so, uh, you know, so, this is a more muscular uh, body than, obviously, like your Joker, etc. Um, and I, I, it's hard to tell whether or not there is any reuse but i can see that the chest is a bit bigger um so we'll say okay um he's got over 32 points of articulation um and uh he comes with uh three different portraits which we'll talk about in a moment um six hands overall uh and then two different character accessories uh and a attachable lightning bolt so there's a lot happening here um in terms of the articulation itself, this is, I think, where uh, I, one of the reasons why I really end up loving these figures because they are 
you know, 112 scale, it's a six inch figure, so it's the same, you know, size as a Marvel Legends figure. And you can kind of look at it and think, okay, why am I paying this? These these are about 75 US. Um, you know, why am I paying this for a figure of that size? But first of all, the articulation on these is amazing. They're so poseable, um, you know, so flexible. And secondly, just the detail in terms of both the costumes and the accessories are um, you know, never, never disappointing. Um, so this is no exception. Um, this poses really nicely. Um, you know, the one thing, if I was going to be a little niggle, is that when we, uh, if you get to kind of flying poses, etc., the ankles don't give you quite enough extension to really have the feet pointing down as much as I would like if he's meant to be flying, but it's definitely passable. Um, the swap out pieces, the three different heads and the hands are super easy to um, change around. He comes with uh, with the portraits. He comes with a just a standard portrait, a fairly neutral expression. He comes with a it's called a smiling portrait. It, it's more it's not quite a CC Beck. Um, you know, uh, head, but it's definitely kind of going back more to that golden age, you know, kind of smiley guy. And then, yeah, the cheesy grin. Thank you. And then finally there is a, they call it the yelling portrait, um, which I think is the one I'm probably going to end up displaying this with because, you know, it's the kind of superpower or, you know, Shazam yelling, um, portrait and it's definitely the most dynamic. Um, one of the things that we were worried about when we first started seeing the promos for these was whether or not they were going to be just kind of cast in flesh tone or painted. Um, and some of the promo stuff made it look they could be cast, but they've all been uh, painted and look really, really nice. Um, you know, there's no kind of issue there. The work that they've done on sculpting his hair on these head sculpts is just amazing. Like it's, um, there's so much detail. Um, and again, the heads are really easy to pop on and off. Um, his cape is fantastic. The cape has got um, a little bit of, you know, wiring in it so that you can pose it. I think there's probably I need to do a little bit of work to get the collar exactly the way that I want it, but that is fine. Um, and it actually works really well. Like some, sometimes you see, and this has happened with a couple of the Mezco like Batman. Uh, the Dark Knight one in particular, where there were great poses that you could see in the promo photos, but I just thought I'll never be able to achieve that with this cape. Um, but this one actually is really flexible and easy to pose, which is great fun. Um, and then he comes with six hands overall. He's got fists and then flying hands, um, which are the you know, kind of straight out hands, and then they call it grabbing hands, but it's kind of like your you know power hands as well. And last week, I think it was when we were talking about the Marvel Legends stuff. This is where the Marvel Legends extra hands annoy me in that um, these are so useful, and you kind of got everything that you need. If you're going to give me six hands, I want to be able to do different poses, etc. Um, not just you know kind of extra you know, grabby hands or fists or whatever. Um, and so there's just a lot that you can do um, with this. I like the what they call the grabbing hands, the holding ones, because they can be the kind of, you know, I'm using my power um, thing. 
Um, and then uh, he comes with two different character accessories with two of his really classic villains. So we've got Mr. Mind, first of all, who is the little, you know, crazy um, centipede guy um, who has got very cute little flexible antenna, um, really nicely sculpted, and um, Shazam can hold him. And he comes with another uh, of the classic Captain Marvel um, villains, but maybe not quite as recognizable, which is Mr. Adam. Um, so we just get the head here. He's obviously gone around with Captain Marvel and lost, and so he's got a battle-damaged um, head with the circuitry kind of flowing out underneath, which, again, Shazam can hold, although it's a little bit heavy for him. Um, but it's re- really nicely done and a great nod to um, you know, so another of his classic but certainly lesser known in popular culture um, to Mr. Mind um, villains, which is super fun. Um, the display base is great. The post, the uh, little um, flat stand thing, is also pretty usable. Um, it's They're a little bit more bulky than what I would like, but I think it's hard to get a flying stand um, that doesn't end up taking up a ridiculous amount of you know, room. And then the final thing is what they, they call the attachable lightning bolt. And so this is a little um, you know, bit of blue plastic that you can um, stick onto Shazam's chest that can be like, you know, his transforming, you know, while he's transforming, etc. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's a little bit cheesy and it actually doesn't stick on as well as uh, you might think, but I still, it's really cool. Um, and I can see other kind of uses for it with different characters if you wanted to muck around with that. So um, this is super fun. I cannot, I can't dock anything here. It's definitely a ten dolly outing for me. The detail on the mm. costume, all of the the sewing is just amazing. Um, the little, uh, oh, what's the word? Little extra accents on the cape are so beautifully done. Um, lots of care, and I just love what Mesco is doing with this line. Hooray! Mm. Excellent, excellent. Very cool. I-, I love those I portraits. Like yeah, I think they've yeah, done a great cool. job. Um, you know, looking uh, looking at the photos of the, the three different portraits and that, that sort of one that I referred to as the cheesy grin, um, you know, mm. it really sort of harkens back to the 40s. And I, I feel like, you know, if people recall Tom Tyler, who was uh, who was the actor that portrayed Captain Marvel in the, uh, the serial back in the, the 40s, um, it's actually got a, a real sort of Tom Tyler classic um, golden age feel, which I, I think is actually pretty awesome. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, the, yeah. the the eyebrows are pretty heavily done, but I think that's a really um, kind of classic Captain Marvel theme. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they definitely have gone heavy on that. But I, look, I don't I don't mind that. I've seen a couple of complaints about it. Um, but yeah, the the head sculpts are all just fantastic. The paint is fantastic. You know, the eyes are great, etc. I just um, yeah. this is super duper fun and that's what i find with every one of these is that you know i end up often you review things and then it's like that's nice and now i'll put that on display or in storage but these i end up leaving out on the desk for quite a while because you just kind of yeah. don't get sick yeah. of posing them and and because they are just so posable um, and particularly for me where i don't have a lot of patience for stuff that's hard to get to stand up properly etc i kind of like ah oh, mm. screw it you know um and and these aren't they're just they're great. Yeah. Um, another thing too I didn't mention before is that 
the paint work they've done on his boots where it's kind of a matte gold paint on the boots and there's a lovely texture to it. I really like that as well. So well done, Mesco. Beautiful. Very nice indeed. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Mr. Scotty. We are going to take a, another break and we are going to come back with our fourth and final toy of the week. Well, welcome back, valued listener. We are bringing up the rear of the show, and Eddie is going to take it away with our fourth and final toy of the week. Thank you, Ben. Uh, so I was very fortunate uh, last week. I uh, helped some friends out recently, and uh, they very uh, graciously gave me a thank you gift, and it was my toy of the week that I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, something that I wouldn't... Uh, thought that I would own, uh, something that I wouldn't uh, sort of hunt out and buy for myself, given uh, what it can go for, but I was definitely grateful uh, to get it, and that is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, arcade-style action figures. So these are based on the 1989 arcade game. And what makes them special is they're actually done by NECA Toys. Uh, so normally the turtle figures are done through Playmates, but NECA did get uh, sort of special license to do them in the smaller action figure scale uh, as long as they're going to be exclusive. So uh, this set came out last year at San Diego Comic-Con 2016. And they're actually using the sculpts of the figures that I'm going to talk about tonight for their San Diego Comic-Con figures this year. So uh, it is a shame that they're a bit harder to track down being exclusives, but uh, there is sort of a legal reason behind it. Uh, so uh, in terms of the box, this box is absolutely beautiful and fantastic. It's might look a little bit weird. It sort of looks like an old 80s Turtles uh, sort of board game. Uh, but the weird art design around uh, the sides and front of the box is actually based on the arcade cabinet uh, that the Turtles game was played in down to uh, the real cheesy model dressed up in the yellow jumpsuit for April who couldn't even be bothered to take her wedding ring off uh, for the photo. Uh, some really bad uh, 80s Photoshop of a man who probably hasn't even been to the free weight section of the gym posing as Shredder with uh, sort of the armour drawn on top of him and some really weird uh, looking turtles that are drawn in that have very like monkey <laughs> type teeth and proportions which uh, always seem very weird for me but this was still in the early days of turtle licensing the turtles logo in the middle of the box is the actual uh, it's going to sound weird but the current retro turtles uh, logo design that's uh, done by Nickelodeon and there is a little Nickelodeon reference uh, in the corner uh, but when you turn around the back of the box uh, for the art there it's still brilliant it is uh, the sort of character selection uh, screen 
from the video game, but uh, where you'd normally have the pixelated character, you have the figures that are inside the box, and it still has that classic game uh, text around it, like press start and the number of lives and that you've got, but uh, great uh, idea for showing off the figures that are inside there on the back of the box. And the thing that I love, I love, love, love when they do it, uh, you've got the credits here on the bottom of the box. So for director, it goes to Randy Fork. Sculpt goes to Trevor Zamet. Fabrication to Anthony Machino and Trevor Zamet. Paint to John Wardwell and Jeffrey Tapp. Prototypes by Truecast Studios. Photography to Stephen Merzarek. And packaging by Chris Ramio. Uh, so apologies if I butchered any names there, but uh, definitely awesome job, uh, Chris, on the exterior of the box. But it does get cooler from there. It's got some nice Velcro tabs that if you open up, the front of the box actually folds down. And on the interior of the flap that fold down, you've got a picture image of the control panel uh, from the arcade uh, box. So it's got uh, the joysticks and the jump and attack buttons for all four turtles. It's got instructions on how to use the controller to play because people needed instructions back then to point the controller right for your character to go right or to push the jump button to make the character jump. Uh, but uh, really great design and that's also in there you get the retro, retro Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles logo that has the turtles uh, green title there sort of more curved so that's some fantastic nostalgia there on the inside and on the actual interior of the packaging you have the turtles action figures but the cardboard interior is sort of a pixel print of the very first level of the game that's uh, sort of happening on a New York City street it's got April in the window plus you uh, do have your uh, character option screens there at the top telling you the amount of life you have and the number of lives. Uh, it appears that Leo's not doing too well. He's down one life compared to the other turtles, but a uh, great-looking uh, box there. Uh, but I haven't even talked about the main pieces yet, and that is the actual figures on the inside. So it's all four of the brothers, Leo, Donnie, Raph, and Michelangelo. And being that it's NECA doing the sculpt here, these guys are fantastic. So they, what they normally do with their video games figures is they use their realistic movie uh, sculpts and then paint the video game pixels around on the figure. Uh, because they didn't have the realistic sculpts, uh, ready to go for these guys. What they actually did is brand new sculpts, and these ones are based on the 80s cartoon, which the video game definitely borrowed heavy from, so it is the right choice. Now, we've actually seen a few companies attempt the classic 80s turtle cartoon style of figures recently. You had uh, Playmates doing their version of the classics line. You had Figure Arts releasing figures, but... Uh, but, and I like uh, both of those companies and their attempts, but actually having these NECA ones in hands and how incredible and spot on they are, it really does put the other ones to shame uh, just how accurate they managed to get the cartoon in the sculpt here. It really is tradi 
terrific. Uh, they got the proportions right, uh, particularly the shape of the uh, turtle's head uh, is spot on. And I'll come back to it, but the weapons are perfectly done in that uh, animated cartoon style. Uh, so they are meant to be in the six-inch scale, uh, but the turtles are generally portrayed as shorter than your average human, so they scale up more to just above five inches, about five and a half inches in height. So if you're putting them around with other NECA figures, they actually do scale proportionately to how they're meant to stand uh, there as a little bit shorter. In terms of uh, articulation, uh, these guys do have a uh, fair bit. You've got probably about 28 points. So you've got a ball joint in the top of the head and one at the base of the neck. You've got ball jointed shoulders, a bicep cut. You've got a joint in at the elbow plus a swivel. Uh, you've got a swivel and disc in the wrist. You do have a little bit of a waist swivel, but it is hindered a bit uh, by the inner chest and the shell. Uh, ball joints at the upper thighs plus swivel. You've actually got uh, double jointed knees, which is generally quite rare on a necker figure, but they use uh, sort of the knee pads to hide that articulation point fairly well. And you've also got uh, articulation and swivel down in the ankles. So they are fairly poseable, but there are pieces of them that uh, do limit uh, the articulation points. Oh, I actually did forget one. Uh, sorry, the uh, back knot of the bandana is articulated as well. So you can uh, turn those bandana points around to get different wind effects uh, happening on the turtles or movement effects, which is quite cool. Uh, but yeah, they are articulated, uh, but you will bump up against limitations as they're moving uh, towards the shells and pieces like that, particularly the waist swivel. Uh, you really can't get that much out of. But the real highlight on these guys is the paint. So uh, they are painted to look like they've stepped out of a video game. So rather than having washes, uh, it's pretty much flat colours. But there is a lot of square paint application going on to give that pixelated effect over the more detailed sculpt and it's still beautifully done so you've got the shell has a couple of different brown square paint apps of articulation you've got uh, the front of the turtles are actually more of a lighter almost fluoro green uh, then you've got sort of an uh, olivey green uh, square pixelated running uh, kind of down the middle of their sides and then the back of them is done in a very dark green and even the belt has uh, sort of rectangular, almost a uh, sort of salmony pink, uh, but then a brown uh, pixel over the top and bottom of it there to help bring out uh, those sides and that as well. And uh, in terms of uh, what makes these turtles different, the sculpts on the heads are all different. So Leo's got a uh, double side mouth grin going. Rath's sort of growling on his right hand side. Mikey's got a bit of a smirk going on his left side and Donnie's just got a, a bit of a neutral look there. 
and their belts all have a nice sculpted letter on them. So it's not just the same belts uh, and then a uh, drawn-in letter over the top. They actually have the sculpted letters there. Uh, Leo and Donnie also have attachments on their belts, so you can place their weapons uh, inside of. Mikey and Raph don't, but that's just the way that the belt's designed. There is a little bit of a gap between their inner body uh, and the shell where the size or the nunchucks can slide into. Speaking of the weapons, they all come with their weapon pieces. Uh, Raph and Leo have grey-coloured weapons with a darker grey painted handle, and they're very nice and thick and chunky, and they do tend to sit in the hands quite well which is uh very nice i particularly like leo's katanas uh because they're actually more uh kind of that cutlass style uh of sword uh that they had in the animated show and it's actually got a very nice uh sharp blade on it so you do uh even need to be careful even though they look cartoonish uh it does have that sort of thinned edge there on the side which is very nice Donnie's bow staff is really brilliantly sculpted. There's a lot of great wood detailing on, and then he's got the bandages. And his bow staff actually comes into two pieces, just to make it uh, easier there to get him to hold it, either in his hands or when you're putting it into his belt. You can break it apart and just make it connect in the middle there. But the one with probably the coolest accessories out of the bunch is Michelangelo. So he comes with his classic band in the UK, Nunchucks. And what's really cool here is that they actually have a real chain uh, connecting the pieces. So they do dangle quite nicely and you can get a lot of great posing out of them. And it is not the most common thing to get uh, Mikey with realistic chains uh, Mm. in his Nunchucks. So anytime we get it, it is a fantastic piece. But what's really cool is one of the nunchucks you can actually take the chain off of. So you've just got the handle there and you can plug in a plastic disc. Now this disc is designed for a spin effect. So it's very similar. We've seen it on things such as the Diamond Select Thor when he's spinning the hammer around. And what I really like here is the pin that you actually plug in uh, the handle to the spinning disc actually has... Uh, an articulation joint and swivel so you can pose it around and get that disc going at whatever angle uh, you want to have it on to get that great spin effect and that's really amazing and looks really nice the only shame is that we only get one of these discs so you can't have him, uh, was, him doing yeah, it with two hands ask. yeah it's just on one and in fact the other nunchucks actually solid so even if you somehow got two of these uh you couldn't uh connect it up unless you literally got two of the um whole nunchuck piece there and the nunchuck that comes apart the other accessory that they come with is uh their uh life uh in the video game and that's pizza and this was one of those pieces that actually kind of tricked me when i forgot what the gimmick of uh the box is uh is being the arcade design so uh it's a pizza box with a pizza on the inside now the outside of the pizza box is brilliant. It just says pizza and has a line running down the front, which sounds like 
it would be very boring, except it's done in very big pixels because this would have just been a small little sprite in the game. Uh, so it's yeah. barely readable, uh, but it does look beautiful and brings back a whole bunch of nostalgia uh, to me. So most people probably couldn't even look at this and read what it's saying, uh, but because <laughs> I spent so many uh, hours playing this game uh, as a kid, I knew exactly what it was as soon as I saw uh, the artwork on it, which was brilliant. And then you've got a pizza on the inside, appears to have salami, and then there's these weird yellow sort of sea curls on it. So I don't know if that's kind of meant to be uh, cheese or kind of looks more like onion uh, pieces cut off <laughs> and around in there, uh, considering there's sort of yellow all around that could be the other cheese. But I remember looking at this pizza when I first opened the box and thought, oh, for a necker. Uh, pizza, they've actually done a very, pardon the French, but uh, crappy job of applying the paint to the salami. They're round sculpted circles, but then they're just square dabs of paint uh, where the salami is. So there's a lot of uh, excess space there until I sort of realised, wait, hang on, they've actually done the pizza like it's uh, the pixelated artwork here. Uh, as well that you get from the video game so uh, it is actually intentional uh, for the salami to be sculpted round but uh, painted with uh, square red dots uh, which is cool the turtles do also come with a buttload of hands so all of them have uh, basically uh, fists with uh, holes to for holding the weapons. Now, two of them have swivels that go left and right, and two of them have swivels in them that go up and down. So if you wanted a pointing pose with your weapons, particularly with ones like maybe Leo, uh, you've got ones for that, or if you need to get uh, more... Uh, side angles for, say, holding the bow staff. You've got it there with Donny. Uh, then you also have a left and a right hand with pointing fingers. So if you want uh, Leo pointing to the scene of their next battle, you can uh, get one happening there, or you can get Mikey doing a little triangle shape, sort of like Diamond Cutter Page if he's doing something. Uh, you've also got two turtles giving the thumbs up uh, as much as they can with their fingers, which is kind of cool. You've got two flat palm turtle hands, a left and a right. And you've got two that basically look like uh, the fists weapon holding hands, except their middle two fingers are fairly uh, more spread uh, than the other ones. And these fingers, although you can give these hands to anyone... They're basically for rafts, so he can do that uh, pose where he's holding the main blade of his side, uh, side between his fingers. Uh, but the hands can be swapped around on all the turtles. They all have the exact same uh, colour green where it matches up, so you can share them around uh, to your heart's content. Uh, now, I really do... Uh, love these figures. I think they're fantastic. Since I've got them uh, out of the box, they've been uh, sort of sitting here on my desk and I do pick them up and pose them quite constantly. But unlike a lot of figures where when they end up on my desk, I sort of have them there because they're good when I'm working and talking to sort of just have in my hands and play with and pose around. Uh, these guys have actually just been staring at a lot because one of my favourite things is when 
there's a lot of artistry that's gone into something that's actually quite simple. And these figures are a great representation of that. There's not a great lot of detail in the paintwork and the sculpting is um, there, but it is that fairly basic, flat, cartoony style. And they don't come with a great deal of extravagant accessories, but there are um, a lot of options that you have with the different hands and accessory pieces here. And they're just really cool. I do really love, there's a, just an element of character uh, that comes out of them. So I am very impressed. But I'm also a little bit disappointed um, that I like them so much because I do think that this means that I am going to have to try and track myself down that San Diego set uh, that's coming out this year uh, that's based directly off the cartoon because uh, that's really where my love of turtles comes from growing up there in that later half of the 80s. So uh, it's going to be uh, expensive for me. But not only that, but there was also a companion set to this set released last year of the Foot Clan uh, that had Shredder and three of the different coloured foot soldiers yes. in it. And I think I'm going to be tempted to track down that set as well. So what might have been a gift here um, <laughs> is possibly going to be a, a very expensive uh, venture for me. But uh, I think in terms of dollies, I might have to give these guys 10 out of 10. I really uh. can't think of any negatives except for um, some of the limited uh, posability, but at the end of the day, they're still, apart from the figure arts uh, turtle figures, still some of the more posable figures that we have gotten from turtles in general. So mm. uh, even then, that's not a uh, huge damning flaw for them. So around that sort of 9.910 dolly rating for me, on these guys wow. they're just just a really great piece yeah mm. very good very good some very high scores tonight mm, that's good um just going back a bit uh when you talk about a buttload of hands is there an established unit of measurement for what constitutes a buttload of hands or is it <laughs> you because know, I, I feel like that would be quite subjective depending on the butt and the hands well, it's two pieces at a time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a mm. yeah. turtle buttload of hands, so it's slightly <laughs> smaller than a person. But is that turtle as in like oh, turtley, is... or as in like to- or as in like turtle? Yeah, radical. Yeah, like yeah. turtley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too turtley for the turtle nice. club. Uh, very good, very good. Excellent. All right, thank you very much, Mr. Eddie. That wraps up our final Toy of the Week. We'll have another short break and we'll come back with some feedback and then wrap the show up. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And, uh, Scotty, you have one from one of our uh, familiar listeners. We do. This is from Eric's. Uh, this is one of many of the same question that I chose, um, which mm-hmm. says, uh, what happened to episode 275? I can only get partially through Adam's segment, and then it stops. I was really looking forward to the Zizzle segment. So, look, I, I can totally understand the problem of only being able to get partially through one of Ad- Adam's segments. <laughs> um, I, you know, it happens all the time. Um, oh, but in this yeah. case... 
yeah, it's not you, it's us. Um, and uh, by the time this this episode goes to air, the uh, upload of 275 will be fixed. Um, occasionally, just with the uploader that I use, um, it says all done when it's lying, and <laughs> uh, so you don't get the whole thing. And I do always check that it has uploaded, but I don't obviously try and listen to the whole episode before I get to the end. So thank you for alerting us, all the people that alerted us. Um, And by the time um, this goes to air, if you have already downloaded episode 275 in your uh, podcast app of choice, just delete it and re-download it, and you should be able to get the whole thing. Very good. Very good. Sorry. No, thank you to all our listeners who are alerted us. Thank you, Eric's. And we are at the end of this episode. Thank you very much for your uh, time tonight, gentlemen. It's been fun. And of course, we're saying yay because it was great, not yay because it's over. Yeah. That's my idea. That's right. It's a given. Yes. Yeah. It was so so exciting. Let's do it all again next week. Sure thing. Sounds good. See you then. All righty. Bye. Good journey. Good night, nerds. Sometime. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Super Saiyan God, Saiyan God, Super Saiyan God, Scotty! Adam! Eddie and his power level's five million. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys till 9.30 and then I'm just like hanging up and going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what, what frightens me the most is that S- Scotty finds himself funnier than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a very big day. <laughs> It's like, I am such a funny fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is, if it hadn't been someone else who did it, it would have been like, oh, guys, we need to get going. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, yes. Yeah. Very funny. Ha ha. ha. Now let's be serious. I don't want to be here till midnight.